Welcome to the Daily Objective, day 148 of the war in Israel. Um, Morgan, you know, uh, in, uh, in, in the episodes, 149, sorry, uh, in the episodes that we've done together, um, sometimes I bring up some uh, some historical fact or story or something, and, and I ask you if you remember it, or I say, well, you're you're probably too young to remember it, which I hope doesn't come across as condescending. It's just pointing out that you were younger. So there may be things that I remember as a teenager that you were a kid or not yet born. Uh, I don't know if I should ask you, do you remember when uh, there was this uh, this scandal with UNRWA and, and countries were like, we're not funding this anymore. We're funding terrorism if we pay for UNRWA. You, do you remember that far back? No, I don't. Well, this was about a month a month ago, and uh, when <laughs> when we covered it, we said uh, this is great. It's great that it's happening, but it's not going to last. And I don't know if we should be surprised at um, how uh, how quickly it uh, it uh, turned around or uh, how long it lasted. But it is uh, it is over, uh, or it's the beginning of the end. Uh, some some countries still are not funding UNRWA. Let me just um, bring up this. This tweet by the European uh, Commission, so they say, we stand by the Palestinian people in Gaza and elsewhere in the region. Uh, today, and taking into account the action taken by, taken by the UN and the commitments required, we've decided to proceed with paying 50 million euros to UNRWA and increase emergency support to Palestinians by 68 million euros in 2024. We remain fully committed to addressing the humanitarian plight of the Palestinian people. Um, that is from uh, a couple days ago. Your initial thoughts on that, Morgan? Yeah, and I think that's a statement that was coming out from Ursula von der Leyen, who's the uh, is it the president of the European Commission. So I guess just con for context for people then, so they've agreed to give, I think it's 68 million to charitable organizations other other than UNRWA and then 50 million to UNRWA directly um, subject to UNRWA agreeing to go through an audit or something like that. Um, it's nice that UNRWA gets to agree whether they go through the audit or not, not whether they're just treated as a criminal organization. And <clears throat> my reaction in a way is, is of exhaustion. We were just saying before we went live that there's a bit of exhaustion around the UNRWA topic, but it's exhaustion not with talking about UNRWA, but with just people's reaction, because in a sense, this is, you know, what I hoped wouldn't happen, but what I you have to suspect would happen because it's the it's in line with the status quo. Um, UNRWA bills itself as a charitable organization with altruistic goals. And given that the public morality is heavily altruistic, this is what you would have to expect. It was a, it was a big scandal in lots of people's minds when UNRWA was initially defunded, even no matter what was said about it. And they had this almost bottomless well of public goodwill on which to draw. And and here we see the end result. And this is in the context of countries in the last few weeks, some of them, Ireland and Spain, I think, maybe even Belgium, restoring their funding or increasing it. And this is just the latest of a major um, backer of coming background. There are still some holding out, but... Probably that's going to be for the birds for the next little while. Once the war ends, you know, we'll see whether they come back. And I suspect ultimately they probably will because it won't be so popular anymore. Um, and it's immensely disappointing. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's awful. Yeah, by the way, you're, 
your connection isn't uh, isn't great, but I think I heard most of what you were saying. And uh, and um, yeah, you you mentioned the countries. Yeah, so we have to mention that there were countries uh, that that said we're, they're going to stop funding UNRWA, um, and and you know this is just the European Commission for now that is uh, back to funding UNRWA. Um, but there were there were also, as you mentioned, countries like Ireland and Spain. Um, Ireland, of course, big big supporters of Palestinian terrorism, uh, who immediately uh, immediately their response to the scandal, uh, the European uh, Union Commission in this statement said something about them being satisfied by you know uh, UNRWA looking into things, which of course is bullshit, but is of course it, it's uh, it, the fact that they put that in the statement contrasts uh, them with Spain and Ireland, whose response to the scandal was to increase, to continue, to, to make a statement of, of continued funding or increase funding. Um, you know, what what it takes for somebody to, uh, to, to make that kind of decision is baffling, but of course, much of what is happening in the world in the past five months is, is baffling. Um, so, and there's something about uh, international opinion and, and the, the speed at which it changes and, and changes drastically to the point where policy changes based on the most recent event. So October 7th happened and, uh, you know, the, the semi-free countries of the world all expressed not just sympathy with Israel, but support for Israel. And of course, that annoying statement of Israel has a right to defend itself. And some countries were very clear about Israel has to destroy Hamas. I think Britain was one of them. I think maybe even the opposition in Britain, uh, the U.S. certainly was one of them. The U.S. sent an aircraft carrier immediately uh, to, to basically as a, as a show of uh, not just moral support, but potentially military support. And uh, we saw 10 days later the incident in El Ali hospital, which, of course, was Palestinians killing Palestinians, but blaming Israel for it and much of the world going along with it. And that kind of shifted uh, not just public opinion, but opinion among leaders of countries in the world and and therefore policy. And yeah, this uh, this most recent shift, uh, I don't know to what extent it's it's uh it's affected by what we spoke about yesterday the uh you know the, the incident where supposedly over 100 palestinian died what uh, propagandists are now calling the flower massacre because that that has a nice ring to it where uh, the the palestinians were stampeding towards uh, aid trucks uh potentially killing each other uh from what we heard trying to run at Israeli troops and Israeli troops uh, shot at them defending themselves. And and this was portrayed in a certain way that affected policy to the point of this propaganda has brought in tens of millions of dollars of aid. The U.S. Uh, also decided to start dropping aid on on Gaza from above uh, because what, you know, Israel won't be there to uh, to kill the Palestinians trying to get the aid that Israel approves uh, of sending them. So yeah uh, and and this is this is definitely a cause for concern nobody has a principle stance on this by the way including israel and uh and, and well when i say nobody i mean nobody in the west has a principle stance the palestinians have a principle stance and we know how it goes when principled people uh, fight against pragmatists yeah and i mean just on the point of principle i guess it's something which we've spoken about before, but the way in which 
people's initial reaction of outrage in favor of Israel and so on is a is a reaction which was very emotional, but was a reaction of justice. Look, it's saying, look, these people have been attacked. That's wrong. Um, it's right that they should be able to they they should have the right to exist. They should be able to defend themselves and so on. And then you get that slow ebbing away of that sentiment. <clears throat> and someone from the pro-Palestinian side might say, ah, yes, but look, there were the other sentiments also based in justice. And I don't think that's true whatsoever. And I don't think Rand would think it's true. There's a way, oh, there's a there's an area of her work, I'm, I wish I could remember where, just off the top of my head, where she speaks about altruism never being appealed to for rational reasons. It's always appealed to through people's emotions. And if you look at the way in which the media or people have tried to convince people of the pro-Palestinian side or the side of the civilians and so on, it has never been through trying to convince you rationally, saying, look, this is what the nature of justice is, and this is why the Palestinians are justified and the Israelis are wrong. It's always through photos through people putting photos on twitter saying don't look away and so on and so forth um and that and believe me i haven't looked away they're horrific and it's awful to see them because uh, that's the nature of warfare but it hasn't changed the argument one iota and for a lot of people they're able to be swayed by that and that it's there's just something so crestfallen about that and it's awful and rand's perspective on justice is that you have to be exacting with it. It's not that you can, oh, you can be just for a little while and then you then you show mercy at the end, you give up on it because you know you don't want to be too mean. It's you want to be exacting in justice because you're just to protect the good people in the world and not to give succor and support to the bad people. And that is what the international community has done. It's what the European Commission has done just here and what these charities have done as well. Yeah. Um Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie asks in the chat, didn't UN Watch offer suggestions to other ways to provide aid without UNRWA? Um, yes, and and that's the thing. I, I love the work that UN Watch does. Of course, I don't support this particular idea, um, and uh, it, and it, it doesn't matter. This this is a statement um, by, by the European Commission. This is basically punishing Israel for uh what what the Palestinians say happened in that incident with the with the aid convoy um yeah you, uh you know you mentioned uh, the use of photos and you know Leonard Peikoff famously had this lecture which I recommend people who haven't heard go and listen to uh, after uh, the reality show extra that follows this show a picture is not an argument but the people who use a picture as an argument know that it's not an argument. They just know that if they made their argument, uh, you know that that would be that would be insufficient to convince rational people. And um, and they also are very selective in how they um, in 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 the pictures. So you'll see pictures of dead uh, Palestinians. Sometimes they're not actually dead, but they look dead. Um, sometimes they're not actually people, they're dolls, but they look like dead people. Uh, you'll see pictures of the ruins of buildings without, you know, the, the context of, by the way, Israel made sure everybody, including potentially terrorists, got out of that building. So it's before before that building was hit. Um, and, uh, and yeah, there are things you won't see. So what we talked about yesterday here, um, some of how Palestinians generally react to... Uh, to humanitarian aid, um, there was a video from yesterday that that was later yesterday after the episode that I think should be played 
because you'll never see this. This is not going to be, I guarantee you, it's not going to be on the BBC. Uh, I will, you know, I, I will put the uh, the license fee up uh, as, as a bet. Uh, that that's not going to happen. Uh, if 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 I uh, if I'm wrong, I will pay the license fee. If not, I uh, <laughs> I'm exempt. All right, Daniel, uh, play the the video. And yeah, th this uh, this is also from Abu Ali Express, the uh, Telegram uh, group that I mentioned. It's for mostly Hebrew speakers, but you can uh, uh, you can play it. We're not going to play the audio, right? I don't want to uh, hear that. This is these are our trucks with aid for Palestinians. And they're, just to be clear, drivers are not Jews. They're not people who are oppressing these uh, people who you can see clearly see are oppressed. Uh, you know, these are Arab drivers or Arab trucks um, with, with aid for the Palestinians. This is what happens. And this is one incident. Uh, there are many, many incidents. Look, this, uh, you know, on weekends we're here, um, 30 minutes a day on weekdays. We're here 90 minutes a day. We don't have enough, uh, enough airtime to show you all those videos. And also there's, uh, there, there's more to talk about than that. But um, yeah, we, we hear about the, the suffering of the Palestinians and we see the images and the videos that fit that narrative. We don't see, uh, you know, the, the full context, the full context being the Palestinian people did October 7th and did what they did then. This is what they do to the people who are just there to bring them food. Um, and uh, yeah, Morgan. I think what must strike people as well is the way in which the two sides of this debate, if you want to put it that way, and on the international sphere, about what you should do about aid regarding Gaza um, is that it's as if they're talking across a complete chasm. It's almost they're using completely different kind of moral language in a way. Um, and they're almost talking at cross purposes. And I think that must strike people. And I think if people are seeing that and they're confused, I think they're, they're right to be confused because why do people talk about the same facts as if it's a completely different event? Why do people talk? And so why do people talk about the same things as it, as if they saw something completely different? Isn't reality the same for everyone? And reality is the same for everyone. But what's affecting people's interpretations there is their moral perspective. And that's why you know we hammer on about that so much. It's because people are looking at the same thing and drawing the completely opposite conclusions about what's right and what's wrong. And it's led the European Commission um, to give funding to the Palestinian people, quote unquote, um, who the Israeli government is at war with. Now, <clears throat> the Israeli government wants to go and destroy Hamas. They've not made their primary objective to destroy the Palestinian people, but, they, but they're at war with that you know, pseudo country, micro country, whatever. So they're at war with that people as a whole, in a sense. And what mor their moral perspective has led them to do is to, in a sense, betray an ally, to give funding to their enemy. And and another one of these inconsistencies people should notice is what other war can you think of where that would would just be okay and where the entire weight of international you know moral force would be on Israel to relent to allow that into that country it wasn't that way in world war 2 it wasn't that way in the american civil war or whatever right so that should strike people as really odd and they should notice the way in which people's moral opinions are informing the, these polar opposite reactions here Thank you, Bonnie, for the super chat. Um, Michelle mentions uh, an Egyptian driver was killed after the truck he was driving crashed and was looted. Yeah, 
again, there are so many incidents of this and um, I, I forgot what I was going to say on this, but uh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, the, the reason I've, I've mentioned this, I'll mention this again, definitely in a couple of days when we have episode 1000 of this show, that uh, this channel, you know, used to have a variety of shows on a variety of topics. The daily objective would uh, be on a different cultural, cultural or political topic each day. The reality show used to have three or four topics a day. Some of them lighter. You know, we we enjoyed. We, we were, you know, serious when uh, when uh, we had to be. Sometimes we couldn't help but uh, you know laugh at environmentalists for telling us uh, to save the planet by not flushing the toilet. Um, and on October 7th, we became a one-issue channel. And this is the reason. And, and we've said, you know, Israel Israel is mixed. Israel, uh, you know, has very good elements and very bad elements. The Palestinians don't, not as a, not as a society and not as a culture. Uh, again, individuals there in Gaza, certainly children. Children are always innocent, but individuals, you know, could be very much against the culture uh, they're surrounded by and and you know i i wish them the best in escaping it i don't think they can change it but this culture is so evil through and through in in uh, everything about it that that it it treats again it, it attacks the people who while they tell us they're starving these are the people who bring them food you know somebody who brings you food and you kill them can't bring you any more food uh but uh but and and so the problem here is not just palestinian society it's actually not mostly palestinian society it is the way we look at it in the west it is the fact that knowing what we know about the society it still has such overwhelming support in in public opinion in you know the highest level of government levels of government uh, to the point that they are using our taxpayer money to fund that, to say, you know, um, look, they're hungry. They, they, they might not have enough, you know, enough uh, strength to, uh, to to kill as many uh, truck drivers as they want to. I mean, it's it's baffling. And this is why this is now a one issue channel. This is uh, this is an issue that people really need to to understand the. The, the gravity of the situation, and we will continue to try uh, to the best of our ability to to cover it. And, yes, and, uh, and just yeah, go ahead. I just the, the I guess the final bit of my previous point I missed off is that part of why it's it's a betrayal of your ally is not just because you're giving aid into the country, but also because even if you conceive of it as Israel is only at war with Hamas, and you know we've spoken about that, but that's how a lot of people think about it. We know that um, that Hamas steal that aid. If you look at the figures of how much aid has already gone in, it might not be enough to support a flourishing society. But for people to be starving in the way that they are, you can't you can't see that and think. I wonder whether Hamas, who is also not exactly producing anything or bringing anything in, has been pinching a lot of that and then leaving any leftovers maybe to the people, and maybe that's why they're starving, and maybe that's why they're tr treated completely instrumentally by their government. And then, yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't know if I buy the uh, the, the extent to which we uh, were, were, were expected to believe that they're starving. Um, but yeah, but long before October 7th, the Palestinians, uh, Gaza was the, the place where with the highest uh, per capita uh, humanitarian aid in the world. And now and now it's only increasing. So, 
yeah. Uh, but yes, of course, Hamas. We've we saw we saw one video of that yesterday as well. And again, there are plenty of examples. You can find them of Hamas actually taking over uh, aid convoys, uh, shooting at shooting at people coming at aid, aid convoys. There, there there's no um, flower massacre title given to any of those uh, shooting incidents because it's not done by Jews. But yeah, we we know we know what they do, as do their supporters. Yes, well, it's also from Hamas's perspective, it's entirely logical to be doing that. Where else are you getting food and fuel and so on from if you're not pinching it um, when aid is the only real import that's coming into the country? And then the other point being, in regards to the European Commission, if people go look at the press release that was on their website, the whole tone of the of the European Commission and all this stuff and the nature of a press release is to be very formal and seem professional and sort of like they're taking responsibility, I guess. And this is an abdication of responsibility, really, is I think how people should look at it. Because <clears throat> there is a, a justified party here, which is Israel, who has to go and do a difficult job, which is to go in and root out Hamas whilst bearing all the international pressure for the deaths of civilians which are going to go on in doing so. And it's the job of Israel's allies, if they really do believe what they say about Israel having the right to defend itself, is to, you know, screw up their courage to the sticking point and not give in when emotional weight and moral force is plied down upon them, a phony moral force, I'd say. And so, and that would be what would be properly taking responsibility in terms of your response for what's going on. It would be to stick by your ally, because it's not like the EU, um, the European Commission thinks that the facts have changed in any way. It's again, it's their moral perspective and it's all the the moral force, the emotional weight that's been put upon them, all the pictures and all this kind of stuff. And so I think people should see this and think you've you've given up. You tried to hold out for a while, as did some other countries, and eventually you gave in. And what should be put to these people is why did you give in now? Why didn't you give in before? If you were holding out before, presumably you thought there was a good reason. What's changed that's meant that you've changed your mind. And is there actually anything or is it just that you could hold, only hold out for so long before you gave into cowardice? And courage is what's required and it's what's sorely lacking. Yeah, and, and in lieu of that, we have, as mentioned, policies changing based on the most recent headlines, policies that are life and death. That's that's as, you know, as clear cut as possible. If If you stopped the funding because you believe there was a case to be made that UNRWA uh, actively participated in October 7th. What is the evidence that you have now that that has been dealt with? Uh, again, I support completely dismantling the UN, let alone UNRWA. But uh, like from their perspective, if they want to you know, provide humanitarian aid, as they say, what proof do they have? And of course, they have proof uh, to, you know, to the opposite, to the fact that this is... Hamas still controls it. Hamas still takes over anything. I mean, the idea that if it's the Red Cross or the Red Crescent, it's somehow not going to be taken over by Hamas. I don't know. Are, are they are they armed? Are they going to fight off Hamas? Of course not. Um, you uh, saw Owen Jones mentioned something about this, right? Uh, but before we go to that, hang on. Uh, Willful Thinker says in the context of the fact that this is now a one-issue channel, uh, bring back the cutting edge. So the cutting edge, for those of you who don't know, was a show that we had on uh, occasionally. I I hope it will come back in some form, if and when it does, and and it's not anytime soon, just because we have limited 
resources and limited bandwidth, and we are focusing on this, but it, it will probably be behind a paywall, which is a very good reason to become a member of the Ayn Rand Center UK. There's a link in the chat and in the description. Um, you will have access to things that you don't have access to if you're not a member. Uh, you also, one of those things is the uh, many WhatsApp groups that we have where the conversations that, uh, you know, take place on the channel for 30 to 90 minutes a day continue 24-7. So uh, consider doing that. And of course, you can become a, a member of the YouTube channel. And one of the things that will be exclusive to you then would be um, the reality show extra, our Sunday version of our panel show, which is coming up right after this show. And um, um, yeah, so Willful Thinker is a member. And uh, yeah, when, if and when, again, it will take time. But um, when that comes back, uh, that will be where where we will air it. Um, Morgan, Owen Jones has uh, yet to be mentioned on this show, and we are uh, only five minutes away from the end. So uh, I think it's some sort of a record. But yeah, uh, are we mentioning him in a positive light today? Uh, no, we're not, but we're probably not going to be mentioning him too much because that article I found very briefly, like 10 seconds before we went live, uh, is behind a paywall. So I've seen, I've read one sentence of it, so it wouldn't be fair to really describe it. But that one sentence said that the Scottish government's stance on UNRWA has been vindicated. And I don't think that's true at all. I presume that's because of this, this news about the resumation of funding. But the Scottish government has not been vindicated. So for people who don't know, the Scottish government's position was not to with to cancel funding in a sense as a lot of countries did. It paused it for a little while. And it was very clear about that. It wasn't going to you know go all the way like these other countries and say we're not going to give again. And it wasn't one of these countries that kept the funding. It just sat on the fence. It just sat in the middle because it was going to wait and see how this goes, feel it out, see where the wind blows, which is what the Scottish government has very often done in many situations. And this this is not a vindication just because the European Commission has decided to give back funding. What on earth does that mean? They can be right or they can be wrong. And I very clearly think that they're wrong to be doing this. Nothing has changed about UNRWA. They've, ag they've agreed. Why Again, why they get to agree and why they're not just treated as a criminal suspect in a sense. I don't know. But they've agreed to an audit on, as a condition for this resumation of funding. So the Scottish government hasn't been vindicated. They were cowards. And as I, I think, you know, I was re reading the Iliad today and courage was a, is a major theme of that book. And they could do with reading it as well, because it's what they're sorely lacking is courage to get off the fence and to make a decision and stick with it, because that's what justice demands. Yeah, by the way, for our viewers who are not from the UK, what the Scottish government is might be confusing. I don't think we can uh, fit it into whatever uh, few minutes we have left. But yeah, Scotland is part of uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, but it also has its own government, which is kind of like a, a parasite of sorts. And uh, they kind of can get away with having policies uh, that don't really matter. Thank you, Jonathan, for the super chat. Uh, I see there's some conversation, although I didn't see all of it about, uh, I see uh, Hannah saying Gush Katif, Gush Katif was uh, an agricultural and economic powerhouse. Gush Katif was the, um, uh, the um, Israeli settlements in Gaza. Uh, yeah, yeah. The last time uh, there was real productive activity in Gaza was when there were settlements there. I, I remember when I when there was the Likud party. I was a member of the Likud party in Israel when there was the referendum of members about the plan to uh, uh, you know leave Gaza, 
the Prime Minister Ariel Sharon at the time said, uh, whatever this, whatever is the result, this is what we'll do. And I remember going and, and you know, in the, well, I was entering the polling station, uh, somebody offered me some, you know, cherry tomatoes from Gush Katif. And I said, no, I, I you're not going to buy me. You're not going to buy my vote with that. I'm voting with you anyway. And I was so happy when the result was uh, very clearly the right one against uh, leaving Gaza. Of course, Ariel Sharon laughed it off and did it anyway. And uh, we are still paying for his time in office today. And Netanyahu, who opposed it, but also voted for it, uh, is, is again, as principled as the European Commission and uh, and Israel's so-called allies in the West. Um, it is very unfor- a very unfortunate situation, which we will continue to cover on a daily basis. Not, not on the Reality Show Extra. I think we're going to talk about some other things, uh, including this uh, um, theater in London that has decided to uh, have a couple of days where they don't allow white people into the theater. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And we're going to read some trolls comments. So thank you, trolls. I see uh, at least one in the chat, one of our regulars. Uh, we will read some of that out. Of course, uh, you want to hear your trolling comments read out. You uh, need to pay us. It costs money. Five dollars a month or pounds or euros, depending on where you are. We will, of course, not name you because we do not name trolls. Uh, but yeah, Morgan, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me. You know, this is not a laughing matter, but we do try to be positive people. Uh, and we will uh, try to do that with our topic for the reality show. Extra Maria is uh, making her reality show debut on the upcoming reality show. Extra uh, longtime viewers of the channel will remember Maria from uh, one of those shows that is no longer around flirting with reason show about romance. You can scroll back on the channel and find the, I think, six episodes of that show that aired. Um, and yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks, Morgan. We will uh, see you in a minute on the Reality Show Extra and back here tomorrow at 5.30.